get I'll let you get to me once now, baby But I'll never let you win the game I'll let you get to me once now, baby But I'll never let you win the game I'll let you get to me I'll let you get, get I'll let you get to me once now, baby I'll let you get to me I'll let you get, get I'll let you get to me once now, baby but I have a guest in the building. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I have Deborah in the house. Deborah, welcome. How are thank you? you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I actually want to give like a quick background. You jumped on one of my lives and yes. we became friends. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think you are phenomenal. You know, I think you are a natural talker. So, you know, I just, um, you know, was attracted to how you talk, how you're so genuine. So I listened to it and I'm like, yeah, I got to connect with her. You were super sweet. You you came on one of my lives. Uh, you purchased a ticket to the party of one event, my baby, that everybody's tired of seeing me talk about, but I'm never going <laughs> to shut up about it. <laughs> no, it was, it was a beautiful event. Very well organized. I met a lot of other people, you know, females and it was very inspiring as well learned a lot of it's very emotional at some point so i thought the people that came was genuine and it, it was really really impactful i really did enjoy it oh well thank you thank you i'm glad you had fun i'm glad you had fun um it, it was a brainchild of mine that was my brain at the highest level that you could possibly see it um I was like, everything what, is, there. what is party of one? Oh, what is party of one? Oh, I better ask on it. Anna, what are you wearing? I wasn't sure, but it turned out really, really well. It's, it's The vendors were also very great. And I think you did an absolutely beautiful, wonderful job. Well, thank you. Thank you. I I, I hope th- I hope you, you enjoyed it and, and you want to come hang out with us For sure. on another occasion. Anytime, um, just call me. I'll have you message me. I'll be there. <laughs> fun you guys heard her if you she's coming she's coming to my next one the, my my pot is stirring i gotta i gotta just put a couple pieces together before i say anything but enough about me talk to me about you i know you're in real estate um very fascinating industry how did you get into it huh you know i was i'm writing a, uh, a biography for myself and answering some questions and that's 
today and that has helped me to reflect a little bit into things that I haven't touched before because you know I know for you guys it's natural to tell stories but not every time we sit down and just you know listen to ourselves and just put a story down and I think those things are important but um, in terms of real estate, I just celebrated my birthday um, about two weeks ago, and I was writing a letter to myself in the in the past, two, 20 years from now, 20 years ago. And I reflected on how I started, you know, as an immigrant, I came to this, this uh, to Canada about, I want to say about 20 years ago. And uh, we were in an apartment, my dad brought me, and it was very, very hard to get into even a rental unit as a minority um and it was it was difficult life was difficult then we had a two-bedroom and later on my we are family of seven so we're all squeezed into that uh two-bedroom with you know five kids in one room and uh two the parents were in a different room and i just thought to myself how about Deborah owns this huge apartment. That apartment must have been, I want to say at least 100 units. And I thought to myself, if I ever was able to do that, I would give chance to other minority women, other minority community, underserved community, to be able to access this more easily, right? Because we are always systematically discriminated against. And so fast forward years after that, I didn't think that, you know, I thought about it. I kind of left it, you know, wrote it down. It was a moment that, you know, I had in my life. And years after that, I started investing in real estate by accident. You know, you buy your first property and then, you know, you sold this, you make a lot of money. And I'm like, wow, you know, as an immigrant, we remember the story. We were in a two bedroom, barely had anything to our name, didn't have anything to our name when we came. And now we are able to make hundreds of thousands in real estate. And I was just obsessed. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just going to focus on this room full time. I was obsessed. Every time my husband would come back from work, I would be like, did you see that neighbor on the streets? It just sold. I know how much he made. He made hundred thousand. And my husband was like, you look, you know how guys sometimes are not very interested in what you're saying. And you just keep going and going. And he was like, if you like it so much, why don't you just make it a full time job? And that's how I started. So I started to, you know, help people to make money. And my passion of, again, helping other people to just survive. Well, not to thrive, not just survive, right? In Canada, because we have a method in Canada of just, you know, barely making it. They say a Canadian is two weeks paycheck from poverty. I don't know if that's just true, but that, that's what I've heard. And that was definitely the reality for me. And I decided that if I could change it for myself, I bet I could repeat the same process for hundreds of family. And that's how I started. That's my passion. That's what follows me. That's how I got into real lessons. Long answer, but yeah. I hope that answered your question. I love you already. Like, I thought <laughs> you were cool before, but now I'm just like, this is, this is why we get into business, to solve a problem. Yeah. And, and I really love how you shared uh, your immigrant story and coming here. I used to, I used to share, you know, something, Deborah. I'll share with you this. I've never shared this with anybody, but I shared a room, a one bedroom apartment with my life, with my mom, my whole life. Wow. And yeah. then I got married super young and I shared a bedroom with my former husband at 31 was the very first time I had my own room. And that must have feel like everything I bet, you know. Girl! Bet you yourself. 
I was like, wow, this is great. I, I don't think I ever want to let it go at this point. Like, the closet yeah. is mine. The ensuite is mine. Of like, uh, Sometimes we just need our own space, you know, just having your own space. Or at least having the option of, this is my room. And if I need my own space, I can go to the basement. I can come to my office and I can tell my kids. I, call, I told my kids just now, I said, mommy's in a meeting. Please don't come and interrupt. And they are fine by themselves. And... I think this shouldn't be a luxury, right? At least where I came from, that wasn't necessarily a luxury, something you can have. And since Canada is so cold, sometimes as an immigrant, I don't want to go outside. My kids want to hike and stuff. I'm like, no, I, I, I don't want to go outside. It's too cold for me. I just want to stay indoor. And my house is my safe haven. And I feel like everybody should at least have a piece of whether you want to rent in a beautiful street, in a beautiful neighborhood without being discriminated against, you you own the, yourself that much and if you want to own it you know not rent it then you should be able to do that as well and i kind of simplified it for people because i'll tell you something else anna i met i've met a lot of people too when i started even when i was here you know before real estate i've met a lot of people and one guy told me anna this guy must have been at least maybe about 65 to 70 years old he said he came to Canada, let me remember, let me try to, I think around 1980s. And he mm. told me that when he came here, uh, he was a taxi driver. He's still a taxi driver. I met him in a cab, you know, he was driving me and I was, you know, tell me, you know, you're just trying to gist, right? And he said, hey, um, I came to Canada um, since 1980s. And I was thinking, man, this guy must, you know, Houses I back then must have been fifty thousand dollars or something because houses now are like an average of a million dollars, right? So I'm like, it must have been fifty thousand dollars. I like, like, I bet you have two or three houses, and it's like, Deborah, I don't have anything. I said, Why? What happened at that time? It was much easier, you had zero percent down, you could have done a lot of things, you shouldn't be driving car. You know, I just sometimes these things just break out of me, and people don't know that Deborah is an introvert, but when we're talking about that. I'm just so passionate and that just leads me up. And this man was telling me that at that time, there was no information. There was no support mm. and they didn't understand why they should do this. Right. So it would work at that time, being a taxi driver, it could afford to work six, six months in Canada, go back home, uh, enjoy the money, spread the money around and do whatever party for six months, come back and work again. And now I'm thinking to myself, what a life. But at that time, that was all the information they had. Because people would tell them, don't buy a house. Because if you buy a house here, uh, you may never be able to go back. If you buy a house here, you're going to be paying loan for, forever throughout your life. They didn't expose them to how that can help them into financial freedom. How that can help them to retire. So it was more so that a lot of people knew this, but it was among certain elites and community, right? And I just wanted to, so what I do now, I must have trained or helped at least a thousand people and just teaching them, this is how you can make it. This is how you can break the cycle. And I think it's very important, right? For us to do that. And as a mother that has kids over here, I think that even for my kids to be able to afford in future, as things are getting more expensive, I got to start now. I didn't have the opportunity to start 1980 because I wasn't even born then. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the earlier I start, 
the better it is and the easier it is for my generation. And hell, I'm even going to enjoy part of it, right? Even from now. And I tell myself, I'm going to retire at 40. That's what I've told myself. That's that's what I, I want to retire at 40. And, and I have been working so hard to help all of my clients, my friends, my family to do the same. Wow, you're... I love talking to you because I feel like I feel your ambition and, and that drive to to make things better for yourself. A lot of people have dreams, but they don't have the work ethic behind the dreams. So it's wow. just a wish um, at, at that point. So I, I want to you dived into um, just not people not having information about, you know, purchasing homes, renting out homes, RSP what is it rrsps yeah when RRSPs. You, yeah when did you realize that this was a need right I, I know you kind of discovered it through yourself but when did you sit there and think shoot deborah this is something that's going to make me stop working at 40 so what was the turning point? um i think i've always been searching for something so i'll tell you this everybody says hey you know, when they were 10, they would say, oh, I want to become a real estate agent. So I want to, at my time, it was, it's not you're an accountant, you're a lawyer, or you're a doctor. So at yeah. my time, I didn't know what I wanted to do, okay? I didn't know where I wanted. So I've always been searching. And I've, at one point in my life, I'm just sharing this publicly for the first time. But um, I would ask my husband, I would be like, I was a teacher, okay? I was a teacher before coming to real estate. But that didn't fulfill me, even though I had four kids. Can you imagine mm -hmm. that? I didn't feel fulfilled teaching kids, and I had four kids at home. But I, it didn't feel like that was it for me. And I would come home and ask my husband, so what do you think I'm very good at? Again, I will ask my sister, you know, just trying to gather information and trying to find my passion. But in the background, I've always been a manager. I've always been, I'm a husband, so I've always been good in business. I'm very good with financial literacy. I plan all of, uh, you know, uh, finances in the house and everything, but it, it didn't come together. Uh, but I think when now I, I saw real estate and I was so passionate about it, and my husband said, hey, why don't you just try this and see if this is going to work for you? And he said, you know, you can put, so I, I, I went on, uh, maternity leave or something and I never went back and it's so I was I I it was on paid leave my husband was supporting us thank God for him and I said I'll give you six months and if you never work out I'll, I'll go back and once I saw and I gave it try one thing about me is once I put my heart at at something it's limit I'm limitless right I don't believe there's anything that can stop me so I guess that those kind of backgrounds and energy did help but I was just like, I'm going to give it everything or nothing. And and luckily, it did work. And I never turned back. I think, oh my, I'm going to fangirl you this whole episode now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like, how is she so cool? A, how do you have four kids and you do all of this? I sit here and I have a dog and I take care of my mom. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> You know, a lot of people have asked me that. And I say, when you're thrown into the water, some people will sink, but many people are going to try to swim. You know, it's just like an instant thing. You know, when when you're thrown in the middle of the ocean and you don't know how to swim, you're going to try to survive. 
Um, so a lot of things is just me learning how to do on the go. But I've always had a strong mindset, other and I thank yeah. my parents for that because they shielded me from a lot of things. Like it was, I want to go to my friends' house. My mom was like, no, you're not going. Oh, mom, I want to go do this. No, you're not going. And I was, thank God, I was very respectful and I stayed there. So, um, I was there. I was, I was, I, in, now I know because I've heard a lot of stories. I would say I'm thankful that I was never broken to think that I couldn't do anything, you know? So that gave me those foundations. So I wouldn't say I got here by myself, but it, now that I'm here, I don't believe, I believe you can do it. I would give my best. And if it doesn't work, we'll move to the next thing. I, I believe everything works together for good. And even if, remember I said I was a teacher, now I can teach real estate. I teach real estate, charging, free of charge. Deborah doesn't charge a dime. And I will teach people and I will stand in front of them. And you see how that worked. My financial literacy background, my management, now I have a team of real estate agents that I manage. All of those things work. So even though other things did not work for me in my prior life as I wanted it, now I believe everything kind of came together, if that makes sense. You just dropped a bar. You dropped a serious bar. Whoever's listening, <laughs> go back and go back, turn it back. And I need you to listen to that part again. Everything <laughs> that you did has led you to the career today. I yes. keep saying that to people over and over again. Everything that you do in life will serve for a greater purpose later. Even if it seems like the most bullshit thing ever. Mm-hmm. It, it will it will give you, for instance, I worked in the hospitality industry seven years of my life. Wow. What did you just go to a couple of weeks ago, an event? What The feedback I've heard from everybody is that was well organized. What did I do in the hospitality industry? Events. <laughs> hmm. It yeah. comes back twofold, right? So yes. I, I really I really liked how you highlighted that all your life experience has, has led you to this today. And you have a team. You have a team and that's not an easy task because people have emotions and people have different lives and sometimes personalities don't mesh well. Mm-hmm. What is something, uh, a challenge that you find in leadership? Oh my goodness. So girl, as a young girl, okay. Wait, I have to ask you, how old are you? You keep saying you're young, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're not young. Like, I don't think you're in your 20s. If you're in your 20s, I'm going to go log off now. Well, I'm not 20. Come on. I had four kids. <laughs> no, well, you never know. Maybe you've had them back to back to back. You know, boom, boom, boom. Well, I did, actually. I did. Ah. So you've seen me in person, so you should be able to guess my age. No, I could I not of- ever. <laughs> For the fact that you told me you have four kids, I like, I thought you were like 28, 29, bro. And I oh, got like, yeah. four kids, and I'm like, okay, no, she's not 28, 29. <laughs> I could easily be that though, but I, I mean, I give you a lot of it. I, I just celebrated my 35th birthday on uh, last Oh, week. so you're an 80s baby. That's why. You're an 80s baby like me. <laughs> oh, you're an 80s baby. So you migrated in the 90s. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. I understand now. Why oh, I get yeah. you. Shed light more on that. Don't hold back now. What is about 90s immigration and 80s baby? Tell me. Well, the thing is, we, so we were raised, right? You and I, we were yeah. raised by parents born in the 50s and 60s. Mm, okay. True. And 
in, well, for me, rural Dominican Republic. And that means that their parents came from the 30s and 20s, which is hard work, old fashioned morals and beliefs. There's no colorful rainbow bullshit coming from our parents. And they took their nice, in my mom's case, comfortable life to come to this Canada and give you and I an opportunity to be female leaders, which I couldn't be in my country. Um, I don't know if it's the same politically for yours, but in the Dominican Republic, if and anybody can correct me, there's social classes. And if you don't come from a certain class, you won't reach your full potential because you wouldn't have the connections. No matter how hard you try, you will stay at a certain equilibrium. And being a female, especially coming from my mom who grew up in the 60s, 70s, being a female, especially in the early 90s, you don't really have a voice. And my mom wanted me to be able to choose whatever life I wanted to live. Wow. So she came here and, you know, my mom has a degree in accounting. She's an accountant. And unfortunately here in this country, she never was able to take her degree and translate it. So she ends up, she was a cleaner, very sheltered. I was very sheltered. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I wasn't, you know, so I could get good grades. Yeah. Months were you born? Because it seems like we might have some similar personalities. So I'm 1989. Okay. November 4th, 1989. I'm a Scorpio. I would oh, think you're a Libra, right? Oh, how did you guess that? You're such a witch. <laughs> I am. Yes. I am a witch. Oh, wow. You're a Libra because I get along I, with Libras. I have a really good friend who's a Libra, and you guys oh, are fair. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, I get that so so well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of those things. So I understand where you're coming from, uh, with 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 how you're explaining things. I can always tell like how somebody was raised, and to me, in my in my household, Hannah could do anything. Hmm. I could do anything. There was no, you know, but I had to work hard. I had to be polite. You know, I, uh, you know how girls would have like many, many boyfriends and Mm -hmm. not that very strict in the sense of, you know, my mom, which what my mom and my family, what they instructed to me is if you work hard, you study and you treat people well, then you'll succeed. No, that's right. That's right. And, and thinking about it, it's it's very funny how um or or just you know to realize that some of those values and generations have actually have some kind of mark and effect on us, right? And and I can and I like think back because especially because of my kids, I wanna I try to learn people's story and also see patterns so that I can at least do the best for them, you know. And see what has worked, what hasn't, you know, and be conscious about it. But I never thought about, um, you know, our parents and the generation before them and how the way you said it, how that has shaped us to be who we are. But 
one of the things that I appreciate about those generations that brought us early on is they have a bigger dream. And I tell myself, how dare Deborah have belittled herself? And every day I would think, in fact, I had a wish. I, I wanted to own places like Canadian Tire. When I came here as a new immigrant, it was me and my dad. And the, one of the first stores that we went to to buy supplies was Canadian Tire. And I looked at it all around and I said, one day I'm going to own a store as big as Canadian Tire. So, but it was those, um, they say shoulders that we're standing on, right? That give us mm -hmm. limitless belief to be able to do some of those things that we're doing now or aspire to do, right? And then I started, when I got into business, because again, I was sheltered at first, I would be like, oh, a lot of people think differently. I'll come back home and say to mom, a lot of people think differently. You know, things that you think are common sense are not actually that common. And I would say that, and and she would say, you know, well, what is it? But I started appreciating the values that I had and see that those are prepared ground for me to be who I am today, right? So, I mean, enough of that. Let's go on. Most definitely, most definitely, I find that those, like, those morals and those values of just, like, good work ethic and hard work, that's mm -hmm. what propels you, you know, forward. Because you can, you can, you know, I was told I can sell sunglasses to, to anybody, right? Like kind of, you can do anything and you can morph maybe in, maybe in 10 years, you don't want to do real estate anymore and you'll want to do something else, but real estate would have helped you to get to that point. For sure. Of course. I have a question for you. Yeah. When, what would you, what advice would you give a female who's just, you know, they're kind of fed up with their lifestyle and what they're doing right now. And how, what would you instruct them or give them advice to kind of propel themselves forward? Um, um, you know, Anna, um, again, I said, um, I was very sheltered, so I didn't have much interaction with the world. I would say quote unquote. Um, but I just started selling real estate. I noticed that a lot of female feel like you don't have a voice. And that was contrary to what I believed in or what, how I was raised. And I feel like a lot of people just disappear into the background. Anna, I would take my clients to see a house, a couple and their children, right? And I would ask the wife, so what do you think about the house? And the, the wife would turn back to the husband and be like, whatever daddy says. And that, didn't, that doesn't sit well with me because I'm like, you have a voice, you have an opinion. And I feel like as women, if we are not contributing our uh, methods, our ideas to the world, then we are taking away from our generation, from the things that they are supposed to benefit from us. Because God created a man and a female because it felt like we needed each other. But a lot of women are used to just, you know, staying silent and just not, you know, jumping on, on opportunities and just presenting themselves and believing that they can do it. But I want to encourage people to say, take the small step. Like, just follow that small little light, however small it is. Whether you're a mom and you just have to lead your daughter to the next step, you know, to lead her to be great. And whether it's just as simple as that or as complicated as that might be, because being a mother is not a simple job, or just, you know, in your workplace, if you are a cleaner and you just need to, you know, follow a simple light of just, you know, leading a student or whatever it is that you do, your voice is needed and you need to 
first of all, get comfortable to use it. Practice in front of the mirror if you have to. And just focus on that small light. And as you focus on it, it becomes bigger and it becomes bigger. And you have you start to have more courage. And then you see that this big mountain that I thought was a big mountain is actually so small. And as you go through it, you go step by step and the puzzles begin to fit together and it becomes all. So my point is, I want to tell all female leaders or aspiring leaders that follow the small lights and remember everything will work itself out and become all and everything is needed for where you're going you need to be tested you're going to be tested and as you pass those tests you go to the next step and you pass bigger tests and you pass bigger tests oh man you made me tear up shoot <laughs> You made me tear up. Ah, why? I'm going to stop inviting people to the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, no. We have to do this in person so we can have... Oh, dude, no. I'm Like, you have my wheels going. You have my... <laughs> you, you touched the nerve on me because I really think it's important for females to have a voice. This is one of the reasons why I do what I do. And I, I'm... Like, I'm a full... I don't know if you've noticed. I work a lot with females. Yes, you do. It's my it's my uh, journey because I find that we don't get the bigger platforms and we don't get the stages and we don't get the opportunities to talk about the things that are important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have to create these spaces and we have to, and it is hard yeah. to do it. But, you know, you still do it, but it's, you, you touch the nerve because I find so many of them, they don't want to overshine the male. And I was one of them. Right, I'd sit there and be like, oh my God, I don't want to do this because then I would make more money than him. Or I don't want to do this because I don't want him to to make him feel less. I have two degrees and I don't even know how many certificates. Are you kidding me? Right? Like I'm sitting there and I'm just like, why am I even worrying about somebody who has like a high school fucking diploma? Like, it's just You sit there. There was a meme. There was a meme that I saw that's like, uh, you have a PhD and you're crying over somebody with a birth certificate. What's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. You can't dim your light. Yeah, and one of the challenges that I will say I faced is a lot of people wanted to dim your lights because they are afraid that your light is shining so bright and they want you to dim it to their level. And I had to get to a stage and tell myself, hey, Deborah, if my light is too big here, then I have to move to the next level because I'm not going to stay here because of you. Because I'm not called. You know how I think about it, Anna, is because everybody is called. Everybody has something to offer the world. Your generation is waiting for you. If you are going to provide, uh, produce an Apple Watch or an Apple iPhone, Apple products, whatever it is, the world is waiting to see that. They are depending on you. So to help with me, if I think I am too small and I am afraid, and I say my my dreams, those things that God wants me to do is bigger than my fear. So I will continue to press on as long as I live. And that's what I say to people. If you don't give people what God has placed into you, the talents God has given you, and you keep doing it, you are take, you are cheating the world. That's how I see it. You're cheating your generation. Period. Dude, you oh man, you are like the third person this week that has said that message to me. That oh, same okay. message. 
it is wild, wild. It that is wild that you just said that. I I've heard it in Hannah. You're you're don't hold back on your success. Don't hold back on your blessing. And now you're saying, don't cheat. Like don't cheat yourself. Like don't cheat your next generation on on your potential. Mm. Oh man, God is. I get it, God. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> It's telling you something, Anna. It's telling you something. <laughs> he is. He is indeed. He is indeed. I have big dreams. And, you know, today I did something. Um, I, you know, people always ask me, like, how do I become a speaker and stuff like that? And and what I've done is I've created my own events. I, before COVID, I did like maybe 12 of them. Uh, I would always do that. I would just create my own events because whenever I would go to organizations and I'd be like, hey, can I be a speaker? Oh, well, you don't know this. You don't have a website, blah, blah, blah. So, but today I actually applied uh, for an opportunity to speak at a big conference like overseas, which is something I've never done before. I don't, I typically think like, how am I going to pay for that? And this time I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to apply. And if they call me, I'll figure out a way to get there. Mm -hmm. I love that. yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that you kind of have to do and and you have to believe in yourself and and keep going because if you don't believe in yourself, who will? And the thing again, Anna, is if we don't have faith in ourselves, I mean, don't you find the world the world just boring otherwise when you're just doing the same boring thing that doesn't fulfill you? You know, you don't have shivers to your board. I just find it so boring. I don't know if it's just me, but I just feel like, you know, if I don't do those things, it's just it's just too regular for me, you know? And I think that's how you kind of know that there's something, there's a hole in you that just have to be filled. And I just don't get satisfied until I get there. And I believe everybody, every one of us has those kind of feelings where mm, I'm doing this. It's good, but it's just, it's not it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be able to to push yourself forward into the the next direction, even if it's scary and even if you don't know if it's going to actually work out because it's, you just, you have to. And I feel like just your story, you said you were writing an autobiography, right? At the beginning of the I episode. I am trying to, Anna. I see, I can talk, I can write, but it's not something that I love to do. So today I was forced to just sit down because my assistant, if I ask her to write this, it's just not going to have, you know, the, the yeah, your ginger. Yeah. So I wanted to write it myself and, and I am writing it. And I think all of this is falling together because as we reflect more on ourselves, it gives us first of all the drive and understand where we're coming from. And that also is motivating me as I am writing it to myself. Right. So yeah. that's what you, you have to read the Viola Davis. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I saw it on Netflix. Dude, you have to read it. You have to. And I, you know something, I read, but I have an issue because I start reading and then I stop halfway and I pick up another book and I go back. Mm-hmm. Her book, I haven't been able to put down. Mm, okay. And that's only happened to me two or three times when I just stick to one book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one being the Michelle Obama book, which was like, that, that book to me is like, I don't even know what to tell you. But Viola Davis, you think you and I struggled? She invented the struggle. It came from her. Like, it was just, it's so fascinating to see how that woman has taken herself from, oh my goodness, you have to read it. 
I feel like it will help you in your writing journey because after I'm almost done and like things take me time, Deborah, to do because I'm so busy. I don't have time to like sit down, watch TV or read. Those things take me time. But um, I do it when I enjoy it. And I've been reading her book for maybe like four or five months now. And I haven't I haven't switched it. I, I saw a story on Netflix and she talked about how, um, you know, she didn't have clothes to school or she was wearing stinky clothes. And a teacher would ask, why are you so stinking every day? I mean, when I see stories like that, I almost tear up and I'm not an emotional person. Okay. Libras are not very emotional. Um, but that got me to tear up and just reflecting that, I think everybody should read that and I will definitely read it. But also just going back to if this person, I see people like if Val I can do it and I don't have half of the struggle. In fact, five percent of the struggle that she went through and she could be where I mean this were handed to them, right? They had to struggle for each and every role that you know she played. And if they can do it. Why can't any of our listeners do that? No, you know? you're right. You're right. She she did. She And she got into acting really at a time where females of color in like the black woman mm-hmm. only got roles as like, you know, the, the cracked out baby mama or, you know, they got the low paying, low grade roles, sure. you know, and for her to, I feel like for me, her, she took her career and she made it to the star. Yes, she She's did. the star. She did. You know, and that doesn't come easy. That doesn't come easy. And, and if she could do it, I feel like you and I should be able to land on the moon. Of course. And they have their struggles too. That's the other thing that I learned. Like they have their struggles and, you know, they talk themselves into doing some of those things. Like I haven't seen a new movie and I'm going to see it, but it's just oh, saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they push themselves. So it's not like we're sitting here saying all these things. It's not like it's easy to be there or to continue to survive at this level. But it's just you're telling yourself or you're talking yourself to doing it. And then once you do it, then you'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did that. Oh, Deborah had four kids. Yeah, yeah, I did that. But how did I even do it? You know, at, that, at the time it was hard. But now fast forward seem easy right so i i guess we just have to keep going because we don't have a choice we owe our generation that much you want to laugh when i grew up on western road and um one of the buildings that i grew up in it's like a three-floor building i have a whole talk about this building because it really shaped the way i i think and there was a woman that lived across from me and she was in her 20s and she had four boys Hmm. and she was single and she had four boys and she was not on social assistance. Why? She worked. And my mom used to watch two of them for her. Like mm. they used to flip-flop, right? My mom would, the, the way my mom's work schedule was, is my mom wasn't working when she was working. So my mom was able to stay with her kids, like in, in, the, in the gap of her finishing work, like get her kids from school and bring them. My mom was able to watch them. And then my mom would go to, because my mom did the, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Hmm. That's what she worked. And long story short, she took herself from that building and she bought herself a house by herself. And whenever I whenever I hear any of my friends complaining, I always talk about her and I say, listen, 
this woman had four kids. She was by herself. At that time, she was the executive assistant to the CEO of one of the five major banks. Mm-hmm. And she negotiated her mortgage rate. <laughs> herself. Yeah, she was she leveraged herself. And, you know, it, it, one of my birthdays, I, my 20s, she actually came. My mom called her. She came and I, Deborah, I cried when I saw her. I was like, oh, my God, you're like one of my heroes. I always talk about you, uh, just how you and, you know, her her voice did well. Some went to university, some went to college. Uh, one of them has his own business. So it, it's just one of those things that you doesn't matter how many kids you even at the beginning. I was like, oh, my God, you have four kids. How do you do it? But it, the amount doesn't matter. It's your willingness. Mm-hmm. Right. Because now they have an example of like a tough woman. Yeah. Yeah. That did it all. That took them from like a really not so good neighborhood and took them to a nicer neighborhood in a house. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and I think when we're talking back out our parents, my parents had five kids. My, my, um, grandma had eight kids. Mm. And, you know, when we have those stories, you know, um, to reflect on, we think of, if those people could do it at those difficult times, really, yes, it's hard, but we've been taught hard work too. And, you know, this willingness to do stuff or um, our potential to do stuff starts from our mind. If you can conquer the battle in your mind, then you can do anything. You first of all have to see yourself doing it. Talk yourself to doing it. Surround yourself with people. You know, one of the reasons where... I was drawn to you. I told myself, you know, I needed to surround myself. As I said, if people think they should dim your your lights because of them, then maybe you should find a, a bigger circle, right? A different circle. Oh, and I said, I am going to start aligning myself with other women that, I, that we're going to do even greater things together, right? So as you dream it, you know, you dream it, you, you conquer the battle in your mind. You tell yourself you can do it. You surround yourself with people that are going to hold your hands when you're terrified to step on the stage and they're going to say, hey, go there. Focus on me. Just be looking at my face. Don't ignore everybody else in the room and talk to me. You know, those people are going to hold your hands and make sure and they're going to be your biggest cheerleader, right? And I believe every, we all need that circle, right? But of course, first of all, conquer the battle in your mind because I bet if you go back to history, whatever you want to do, you would find people that have done something similar, that have conquered similar battles, that have triumphed even bigger battles that you think you are struggling with right now. And if you can connect to that story and just, I don't know, put it on your dream board, vision board, whatever it is, paste it everywhere and tell yourself you can do it. Y'all, we can do anything. We are limitless. We just don't realize the power that works within us. And when we limit that power, it works only to how much light or how much faith we put in it. But if we put bigger faith, you know, you can tell that mountain to move from there and go to the next place and it will move. Well, that's just it. You, you touched a few points for me on the board. And one of them is that you have to align yourself with people that'll take you to higher heights. And a lot of times I find people like to stay within their comfort zone, right? So when, if you're with a group of friends, I'm not saying to leave your friends. I have friends from so many different circles of friends, but there's certain friends that I know 
I can't do business with. Hmm. And that's okay. Yes. That's fine. So you have to go push yourself. Like you came to my event by yourself. I go to, you know what, Deborah, this month I have three events that I'm going to. I'm going by myself. Hmm. I, I can go with people. Invite me with, to some of them, Anna. Oh, oh my God. Okay, tomorrow. Are you free tomorrow? <laughs> Are you free tomorrow? I'm going to go see. Uh, shout out to Dwayne. Uh, Dookie Dookie. I'm going to go see a screening of a documentary. Okay, send it to me. Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. I really, I'm really intrigued by the story. It's a, it's a woman from Somalia who who tried her best to bring like light and uh, unfortunately she was her life ended like it was ended for her while she was there and it, it i don't see it as a tragic loss i want to go see it because i want to support her and her legacy and her her vision of showing that there's light and brightness in somalia hmm. not all the negative that we see on in the news and how it's portrayed right for so sure. it, it anyways I'm going to go there. I have a brunch. I have a brunch, um, which I'm turning hijacking and turning it into my birthday. <laughs> I, I'm promoting it as my birthday. I told her, I said, send me the promo. I'm going to go online and I'm going to say, this is one of my birthday celebrations. If my business contacts want to go, they can go. Because oh, no. I've been getting asked, like, Hannah, what are you doing for your birthday? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> did you go to the party of one? That was my birthday. <laughs> you know, you know another thing, Anna, is people ask me that to Deborah, how come you, you keep your birthdays private? You don't tell us about your birthday. What did you do for your birthday? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I did 35, I was 35, but I've done birthdays before in the past. I don't need to throw another party, but people just thought that was weird. So I didn't know that Anna too doesn't throw parties and just do things special for her birthday. No, you don't you know what? The older I get. I'm a planner and I, I will celebrate with like my intimate family members and, and whatnot, but it's not something that I like to do big because it's yeah. so much energy for me. Like I'm energy based. I don't know if you, maybe you caught on, like everything I do is my energy. So when it's depleted, it, I can't, it takes me days like to recuperate, right? Like to go back out there and whatnot. I could not phantom planning a birthday. <laughs> I could not. I cannot. So I, uh, one of my friends, Sharana, she does like brunches. It's her business. I, I don't know if you met Sharana, but she was there. And she does like two, three brunches a month. And one of them is my birthday's on the 4th. And one of her brunches is the Sunday before. On my, my birthday's a Friday. Her brunch is on the Sunday. I'm going to turn that into it. <laughs> I told her I'm going to just post it online, see who wants to show up and, and, you know, whatever it is. But even my cousin was talking to me today. And she goes, oh, what are you doing? I said, I'm going out. I don't want anything in my household. I don't even want to buy a cake or balloons. Whatever dessert they have at the restaurant, that's it. And it's done. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, I, it's good. And I like the fact that you have those girls to support you and to be able to do that. Because, yeah, it's also important. I try to celebrate. It's just not me, right? So I just kind of... With 35, I feel like, the, I feel like it should have been celebrated for you. Yeah, well, my husband did wrote me a beautiful song, which I really, really love. Because he knows that I'm not that materialistic, right? Women that were raised in those 80s where I'm not one of those materialistic girls. No. I just want a minimal thing, but I want it to be really, really from your heart. I want it to be thoughtful. Um, so I guess the 
the poor guy must have struggled. I just feel like, okay, I think this will really be good because he asked, What do you want us? Do you want that? Do you want this? Do you want, well, I have enough. Yeah, you have anything you want. Yeah, I just want it to be possible. And and, and so he did that. And, you know, my parents prayed for me and my intimate family and some of my close friends. And, you know, they sent me a few stuff. But that's enough for me because. I am one of those people that also believes in charity. So I would rather give to people than, you know, I see it as a waste sometimes, those things. Because like you said, people come, they they spend, they eat, they laugh. But there's, I don't like doing things that are meaningless. I just feel like life is too short. And I just want to give back sometimes for some of those yeah. things. Uh, and that's how I see my birthday. That's how I like to be celebrated and remembered. That's how, that's what it should be. That's what it should be like giving back and, and, and just doing the things that make you feel happy. Not, it, I get you. Oh, I feel like we're soul sisters now. <laughs> At the end of, I like fine. Deborah and I are soul sisters. It, it's fine. I get it. <laughs> I get it. This was such a fun chat. You have to, we have to do this live. For sure. We will. I think this will be very, so fun. It would be, and we got so much engagement. Yes. Let's yeah, I think we have to do this live so people kind of they, they understand a bit more of where you come from. And when you release your book, I am doing the book release party. Uh thank you, Anna. I love you already. Thank you. I'm doing it. You just leave it to me. I will plan it and then all you have to do is show up. I think we're I already... gonna do a lot of things together, Anna. Just not that because I want to start having events and I like the way your, your events was organized and, you know, everybody was doing the right thing and it was just so colorful. It was so cute. So I thought, oh yeah, Anna is my plot. That's my resource. That's why God wanted me to see her and listen to her on that day, you know? And yeah, we're going to do a lot of things together. Just uh, watch out. Just watch out. Just wait. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> I'm a, I, I search a lot when I want something. I search a lot. Like I'm very particular and I'm very, not a lot of people know this. Very few people notice. I like to work with people of color. Mm. I'm very intentional because I understand how hard it is to be in business when you look a certain way and the owners, right? Everybody that I worked with was a visible minority. Mm. Everybody. Wow. Right, down, right down to the owners of the, of the restaurant. They didn't come up. There was a, a cafe at the bottom. Um, they didn't come up because they were busy, but I wanted them to come up during the networking session and they just they couldn't make it. Hmm. But they were just... The doors, you see the brown doors, mm -hmm. were imported from Bali. Oh, wow. And um, it, it was just... A, it was such a magical space. And I, I just fell in love with it, but I'm very intentional with who I work and what I bring because I want it to be... I want to showcase to everybody that every culture, everybody, doesn't matter where they're from, we all have our strengths and it should be showcased. For sure. I believe in that too. Uh, I, 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 I am very excited to meet you because like I said, like I am trying to make sure that I connect more because it's not something that I do. Like just me coming out to a stranger that I've, I, I haven't met. I it's it's that is out of character you don't understand that is out of character my husband is like where are you going do you have you i'm like yeah i i, I spoke to her on facebook on instagram i don't do that 
Um, but I wanted to change my circle of influence or, or add to it, let's just say that, so that, you know, some of because sometimes as a business owner, I am trying to connect with other minority groups, but because my head is buried in business all the time, I'm not able to. So like now imagine your network and my network kind of working together. I'm like, Anna, I need this. Do you have anybody in mind? And you're like, yeah, go talk to this person, right? That's yeah. how we help ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot. I do that a lot. Believe it or not, I do it in my DMs. Hannah, do you have the, oh, yeah, here, talk to this, and oh, let's talk to this person. Oh, yep. I do that all the time. I used to be called the plug at the beginning of my career for years ago. At one point, my Instagram at the bottom was like human plug because oh, wow. it's just, I I have so many different resources, like people that I pull from and different, and the show too helps, right? Um, yeah. It helps. But it's just, I feel like we can all work together somehow, but the, the venue thing, it's, it's bothering me now, Deborah, because- for my next event that I'm planning, I'm trying to find there's a specific thing I'm looking for in a venue and I don't stop until I find it. <laughs> I don't stop. I've been looking at a few of them and I'm like, Mm-mm. no, this isn't it. This isn't it. So hopefully I can, I t- I can tell you very detail oriented. I mean, I'm a more, <laughs> I'm a more manager, manage things overview. And I can kind of just assign text tasks, but you are very interesting because and and people like you are needed because you're very detailed, very, and you you're gonna be very good. Because I could tell every single snack, every vendor, everything you did over there was intentional, which was very beautiful. So thank you, thank you. I, I that was a hard to for me not to, and that that was a that was a challenge for me because that was one of the very first events I I didn't have my hands in everything. Mm. That was very hard to do. Like I had a. Liliana, like she was my on-site coordinator. I gave her the rundown schedule two weeks before the event. I gave her everybody's contact information. And I said, the day of the event, don't talk to me. Something goes <laughs> wrong, just handle it. And, you know, something did go wrong. And I just, it, I did an MC. I had an MC. Typically, I MC. And yeah. I, I got a few messages of like, Hannah, you're not MCing. I'm like, no. There's a lot of great MCs in this in this city. Yeah. Better than me. A hundred times better than me. I don't need to MC. I MC every week. Oh, you do on the show. I, like MC is is kind of like my job, oh, what I get okay. called to do from like companies and stuff like that. So that's why I, you're so good to talk. You just it's so easy to listen to you. Like it just flows like a conversation. Oh, I'm, I'm chill. I'm chill. It's I think that a great when somebody's being interviewed and that person being interviewed doesn't look interesting, the host did a bad job. Mm. Because you should always make sure your guest is the most fascinating person ever to listen to. If not, you didn't do your job. Oh, you mean just to um, do a background check on them before you even bring them to the Yeah, background check. Make sure they feel comfortable with you. Make sure they're ready. How did you do that, though? Because the first time you... When when we talked on live and then you just sent me the calendar, how did you know who I was? I could tell because you had dared. Ah, now you make me reveal my secrets. <laughs> um, you had dared to go on somebody's live, talk to them, purchase a ticket. And then I looked at your page and I saw that you're a real estate agent, that you're a leader, that you're a female, um, and that you're trying to make being 
being a real, you're a broker. And yeah. that's not a commonly held position by a female. Okay. It, that alone to me was fascinating. You're very good. So, you know, it's it's something that mostly males want to do. Um, and to have a team, you know, usually like in the real estate industry and in that, like the construction, pre-construction, um, just engineering itself. If you want to get into engineering, the, the construction trade, it's very male dominated. Sure. So if you're dealing with visible minorities to invest, you're dealing with a lot of males. Yeah. And for that, you need to be tactical. You need to be respectful. And you need to be respected too. Um, yeah. So I know you don't joke around. No funny business, which I like. <laughs> well, right. How else are you gonna? How else? I worked in manufacturing for a very long time, and then technology is very male dominated. You have to be of a certain caliber to succeed in those industries. If you're if you're softy, if you're flirty, if you you know you dress too promiscuous or whatever the fuck it is, you're done. True. You're, they're True. not gonna take you seriously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, hey, she's like me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It's um, funny because I didn't, I didn't see it like that. I'm like, oh yeah, she sent me very quickly. Oh, she must be very open and genuine. And, and no, I, I can tell, and I have a good eye. I read, I have a good eye. I read people. Like mm-hmm. it's my back. Like it's what I do. I read, right? I read the room. Um, and I felt you were cool. I'm like, oh my god, come on my show, please. <laughs> and I don't fan girl. You know, you were probably one of the first. I very seldom this season, third season. I, if you look, I have very few interviews right now. Yeah, um, I see that. I have very few interviews. I don't like to. It's a position thing at this point. I don't feel like I should be asking people to be on my show that they should want to be on my show. Mm. It could be. I could be wrong. Eh? Could be wrong. No, you're right. No, you're right. People and and that's the state that I am in too. Right? It's just you know. Um, some people say it's being prideful. I don't yeah. see it like that. No. And, and I don't listen to that anymore. And whatever you say doesn't concern me. Uh, but, you know, at some time you have to position and align is how I put it. You know, uh, position yourself for greatness, right? Because you, you also have to be strategic. There's a place for hard working and there's mm-hmm. a place for strategic planning and being very smart, right? And mm-hmm. as a minority, you know, as a black person, we have to be very, very smart. We can't just work smart. We can't just work hard. Yeah. We have to put plans in place, and we we have to be very assertive and just you know get it done. No, most definitely, most definitely. I thankfully like now after the event, like I've had a lot of hey, I want to be on, and I'm like okay, that's cool, let's go, let's get to work, let's get to business. But yeah. it, it's one of those things I very seldomly now at this point ask. Do you want to be on my show? Okay. It's not a thing I do, but I, I'm like, oh my God, she went on my live and she brought a ticket. <laughs> I was a mess. Oh my God. That thing. I was like, I'm driving. That was, you proved something for me that it works. Oh yeah? Yeah. You proved it. It works. Mm-hmm. It works. Like it works to go on live. It works to connect. It Like you, you proved something. I was very scared doing that event. I hadn't done one by myself i've never taken that kind of a financial risk for my brand ever um so it was just one of those things i thought I you were very brave that's what i thought so like what the, the first impression that i had of, about you when i saw you on live i thought oh this guy is very brave and she's very easy to connect with like she's so genuine and 
I want to listen to her. I want to get to know her more. You know. Yeah, that's, that's me, bro. Get, get all that you get to me once now, baby But I'll never let you win the game All that you get to me once now, baby But I'll never let you win the game All that you get to me, all that you get, get All that you get to me once now, baby All that you get to me, all that you get, get All that you get to me once now, baby But I will not lower my standards. Deborah Holmes would not lower her standards for whatever reason. So you can be a, uh, a visible minority. I would love to work with you, but I want to see your work ethics, how you handle your clients, what are your uh, values, you know, all of those. So when we're talking about, um, you know, this person doesn't cancel, you know, they always show up. And that's those are some of the things I'm looking for. And you know something else, Anna. That I've noticed in my sphere of influence is when you are a business owner and you are at a certain level, people also start to overcharge you for services just because oh, they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I'm telling you, visible minorities, and be like, hey, don't do that because I'm very smart. I can see you from a mile away. I like, can't... don't come at me. <laughs> you know? I, 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 you know, I didn't have anything. So it's not now that I have something. I, I just want to throw it away. I could go give it to charity. Okay. So don't do that. So that's something else that I feel like that message has to be out there and be like, yo, no, don't do differential pricing just based on if you're giving mm. me value, I understand that. But if you're not giving the same value and you're charging me more, I'm going to, I'm going to, I just smile, Anna. I pay to them, I give them a tip, and that's so it's, that's all you're gonna get. I'm not bringing Yeah, my well, they don't. It's, yeah, we could get into this now. It'll turn into a. Let's not do that. Let's do that on life. <laughs> yeah, no, because I just gotta say this quickly. You can't. They look at the instant transaction, and the difference between longevity in your business and a quick buck is longevity is creating a relationship mm. with your customer, your relationship yeah. building. Right. You're asking them how they're doing. You're charging them fairly. You know, when I first started doing my nails with her, she had a certain price. And as time, like as the years went by, she went back to school. You know, she got another level. Now she's teaching how to set up your own nail business. So I know what the price went up. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you're now at a different you're a master nail tech. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, it's okay. It's just when you so when. Somebody told me, oh, yeah, she charged me 200000 And uh, Sorry, I'm talking about, well, so let's say $200. And the other person say, hey, yeah, she charged me. And, and, and I am late here, and I'm like, yeah, she charged me $1,000. Mm. And I'm like, how do I justify that? You didn't give me any. And she gave me the exact same 
um, you know, plan and the same exact, uh, um, uh, I guess, K- KPIs, you know? Yeah. Um, that's when I get really, I get upset, but I still pay them because I would still just keep quiet. And, and I'm like, yeah, people have done that enough. And I feel, I feel like that message should be out there. Don't overcharge people just because you think they can afford it. Because people like me would just pay you. But I'll never patronize your business. So as we are trying to build each other's businesses, yeah. let's not do that so that you can be successful because they need to be heard as those feedbacks too. They do. They do. It's definitely it's a thing in, in the industry and it's and you have to charge accordingly to the value that you're giving and where you are in the game. Like where you are if you're starting, if this is, you know, you're a little more seasoned and the people that are with you are gonna pay pay it for you. And the people that aren't meant to be on your journey, they'll go back to whatever was cheaper for them, and that's okay. Yeah. It wasn't your customer. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's not your person. You have to learn. You can't catch every market, <laughs> every, no. every demographic. You can't. It's not no. That Eventually, maybe, like, when, when we get to, like, Warren Buffett money, but. No, for it, sure. We'll get there. One day, girl. I, listen. <laughs> I don't get my fur coat. Too. I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I want my fur. I told myself that when I have kids, I'm going to be taking them to kindergarten in a fur coat. So oh, wow. that was, I've been saying that for years. So, uh, you know, that, that mom that shows up to school that looks like a movie star. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, does she even walk? Does that mom? You know, that's one of the things that got me to realize it. Cause I'll be like there. I'll be like, does this people even walk? Like some of the guys, they have so much time chatting with their kids and I am rushing to work because I just have to get back to work. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. I want to be like her. <laughs> huh? I want to be like her. She doesn't have two heads. I want to be like her. Soon enough. Soon yeah. enough. Maybe you never know. Maybe she's maybe she's worked and done her thing, man. And now she's she's. So what life. I discovered was in my quest to find out, you know, she what people do. You know those shows where they ask, oh, what do you do for a living? And somebody say, I'm a pharmacist. I found a lot of them, even though they have other businesses, they have something in real estate, right? Uh, and, yeah. they, and so that's what I discovered. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, yes, this is definitely what I'm doing. But I haven't showed up with four clothes yet. Uh, four coats yet. Maybe I should do that. Go, show up. Do it for me. Show up. What for me? Please. I, I do that. I'm like, yeah, by the way, if you ever need any real estate help, Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my thing. Put like <laughs> fabulous sunglasses and like the big fur coat and just do it for me. Please. I will, and I will take picture and post it and send it to yeah, you. Yeah, be like Hannah told me I gotta show up. Like, you know, I'm the I'm the baddest bitch on for the sure. school block. Like, let's go. Oh my god, please live my dream. <laughs> <laughs> that brother so has fun. been super fun. Where can people find you? Where can they find you if they want to keep up with you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm very big on Instagram. Uh, Deborah Ohms, uh, Deborah, let's say that Deborah Ohms with a single H. So D E B O R A H O M E S is where you can find me on Instagram. It's the same thing for LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, but I'm very big on, um, on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming by. I hope you want to come back to my show again. No, this uh, was so fun. This was so, so fun. I enjoyed it. I really feel like you, 
you really did well. You interview people to bring out the best, like their soul, the story, and yeah. you get it out. And yes, this was so much fun. It's it's needed for me as well. Remember that biography that I'm writing? You're writing? No, this was fun. This is yeah. where I feel people shine from the soul. Like yeah. it, it's it's the emotions. I I tie in emotion with business, and that's how you thrive. If you can't add emotions to it, then it, it's a whole theory. I have a problem with how people do interviews, but we can talk about that another day. <laughs> Except for Oprah. Except for Oprah. Yes. Um, no, Oprah. You know, I can never. I can't. When I'm watching, I study interviews. I do this. Like I sit and I watch TV and I study a lot, like people interviewing. And Oprah's the only person I can't figure out when the heck she's going to end it. Mm. I sure she's a queen. Like I don't know when her interview will end. I know the timing is there, but yeah. I don't know when she's gonna like end it. Like what question? She doesn't. She doesn't close it with like a punch. She punches the person like somewhere in the middle. Like she'll ask like some deep question and make them cry. But there's something that she does that is so interesting. She ties in like a question a snippet of a question she asked at the beginning and she mixes it with a bit of a middle question and then she ties in with like the Oprah boom. <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating. Anyways. I, I think you did well because I, I couldn't tell. Oh, she said 30 minutes. It's going to be 30 minutes. I know, it's been an hour. I know, see? <laughs> I didn't, I was like, this is 30 minutes. I say this all the time to people and then like lately, I've just, I haven't been, uh, I haven't been, I, I feel like you said something and it turned on the light for me and I was like, oh my god, no, I need to let her I need to I need to let her say something because she's gonna say it. And you did, you said it. You said you said what I wanted the interview to say. Oh, which okay. yeah, you did. Was like not to dim a woman's voice. I felt like that. Mm. Oh, that needed to be said. And it needed to come from you. It didn't need to come from anybody else. It was you. Um, <laughs> it was now, you. Now now it's time to your official witch. I know, yay! Oh, <laughs> I feel like I am. I feel like I am. Yeah. But no, thank you so much for for passing by. Um, everybody, please go follow her if you want to invest in yourself. If you want to learn from her, or peep when she wears the, the fur coat to pick up her kids. <laughs> As always, everyone, this is your favorite podcast host, Hannah Guzman, coming at you from her bedroom studio, wishing you the best week ever. Toodles. <laughs>
get to me once now, baby. All the chick get to me, all the chick get, get, all the chick get to me once now, baby.